Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. And he turned to me and heard my cry. He turned to me, the Almighty. You know, there's uh, other translations that say he inclined to me. You know, this is the Almighty God leaning to you. Can you imagine that? The creator of this universe. Um, verse 2 says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair. You know, David was in a pit of despair. And I think we've all been in pits of despair in our lives. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on solid ground. And other verses say, on rock. And I'd like to say capital R-O-C-K, Jesus. But anyway, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Amen. So, you know, there was a, a time in my early Christian life where I would read Genesis and I would read Revelation and I would read Ezekiel and Daniel, you know, all the prophecies. It was, but Psalms, those were just poems to me. I, that, I didn't want to bother with psalms. But as I grew in my Christian uh, faith, I realized that, man, psalms are powerful. They cover all our emotions. They cover every situation that we find ourselves in. There are songs, psalms of praise. There are prophecies in there. There's plenty of prophecies in there to keep me interested, right? So psalms is, is wonderful, and Psalm 40 is wonderful because it gives us a roadmap of what we need to do when we're in a state that we don't think we can run the Christian race. So let's jump to verse two, first of all. It says, he, meaning God, lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. Um, do you know what mire is? Um, in the Oxford Dictionary, it has two definitions. One is a stretch of swampy and boggy ground. Have you ever tried to run in a swamp? Uh, what about when you're stuck in mud? Have you ever stepped in the mud and the suction on your shoes is so strong it pulls your shoe off? Yes. You can't run in mud, right? So you can't run a Christian race when you're stuck in mud. And can you imagine a racetrack with mud on it? That'd be hard to run a race on that, right? Um, the dictionary also defines mire as, listen to this, a situation or state of difficulty, distress or embarrassment from which it is hard to extricate oneself, right? So despair means a complete loss or absence of hope. And I wonder if you and I have been there or if we'll be there in the future at some point. Other words for despair are 
hopelessness? Have you ever been felt hopeless? Or desperate? Distress? Anguish? Depression? Discouragement? Dejection? You know, are you, are you in a situation that seems hopeless to you now? You know, are, you go, are you going through a season of distress? Whether it relates to a relationship, or a spouse, or a family member? Um, or maybe you lost a dear loved one, and you're gripped by sadness and distress. Or maybe you have a serious health problem to deal with, that you need to deal with or you suffer anxiety over your financial situation, or you're gripped by addiction, you know, drugs, alcohol, pornography, or maybe you're gripped by the power of sin itself. You know, it's, it's possible for us to be gripped by the power of sin. Um, I listened to a sermon recently, and I didn't realize this, but you know, we cannot be possessed by demons when we're saved. But demons can reside within us if we open the door. It was described in this sermon as you have a house and you own the house, but you open a window and a thief comes in. He doesn't own the house, but he's in there. And so we have the possibility of having a demon or two or maybe more inside us ready to jump and tempt us at any moment. But that's a whole nother sermon. Um, but, but it's possible for us to get into situations of desperation because of that. So when David was in the throes of despair that made him feel as though he was stuck in a pit of mud and mire and he couldn't get out, did he give up? Did he try to medicate his despair with a bottle of drugs? Did he put a bandage over his despair by partying and, you know, living wildly? Did he try to make himself feel better by buying things? Did he worry and wring his hands over his situation? No, no, he didn't. What did David do? Verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. Right? And this waiting... It's not a passive waiting. Uh, the word comes from the Greek word kaval. It's K-A-V-A-H. And this is the, a kind of active waiting. It's a waiting with eager anticipation. You know, uh, many of you have pets. You know, if you have your pets on schedule, an eating schedule, they'll let you know when that food's not filled up, right? Some pets will stand by that food dish with great expectation that you're gonna feed it, right? That's the kind of waiting that Paul, another, I heard a podcast, another person described it as birds in a, baby birds in a nest, you know, with their mouths open. They got their mouths open with great expectation that they're gonna receive food from the mom, right? That's the kind of waiting that we're talking about here. It's not a, I guess I'll go to sleep and see what God does. No, this is an active, eager anticipation of waiting, but waiting patiently. Because why? Because God does things in his own time. 
and his time is perfect. So David, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. So if you're in a situation and you, you need to pray to God and ask him to help you, you know, he says in, um, in Psalm 40, 13, <clears throat> he says, please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. But he waited patiently for the Lord to help him. And if you're in a situation, you need to pray to God to help you. But then you need to wait patiently for the Lord to help you. And it will come. It will come. God answers all prayers, one way or another. Might not be the answer we like, but he always answers prayers. And his answer is always perfect. So, David knew that God would rescue him. And he waited with great expectation for that to happen. And look at the next few words. And he, God, turned to me and heard my cry. Now you pray to God, he hears you and he hears your cry. And it may take a while for an answer to come. Well, Moses was, Moses was 40 years in development, right? How many years did... Days. How many years was uh, was Noah told about building the boat? I mean, they're, they're long periods of time sometimes in our lives. But God always comes towards you. And this is a picture of, like I said earlier, of the Almighty God, you know, hearing your cry and leaning towards you. You know, other, other translations say he inclined to me. So here's what happened when God, in his own time, helped David. And this is what will happen to you. Verse two, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and mire. And you know what? God doesn't do things halfway, does he? Verse two goes on and says, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. Other translations say, he set me on rock. And I spell that capital R-O-C-K in our life today. Our rock is Jesus. Amen. And so God lifted David out of the muck and mire and set him on solid ground. You can't run in mud and mire, but you can run on solid ground, right? And then it says... Not only that, he didn't just push David along. No, he says, he steadied me as I walked along. And so in our race, God will put us on solid ground and then he'll steady us in our course and see us on the way forward, right? So if you're in a state of despair and you feel as though you're in a trap and you can't get out, do what David did. Pray to God about it and wait patiently for our loving God to help you and have faith that he will lift you out of whatever you're trapped in. Not only that, he'll put your feet on solid ground. Yes. Not only that, he'll steady you in your walk with him. Yes. And that's not all. You know, you remember um, dating myself, Ron Popio? He did those Ronco commercials and he had these gadgets and he would do the, the pitch on television. And uh, he would get to the point where it's 
cost something. But then he'd say, but wait. And what did we say? But wait, there's more. And that's the way it is with, I should have, I should have called this, but wait, there's more. Because um, verse 3 says, not only did he set David on steady ground, uh, on solid ground, and steadied his, his feet, but in verse 3 he says, he has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. In other words, God will renew your spirit so that you will sing praises to him. Right? And after God did this in David's life, and when he, when he does this in your life, guess what? But wait, there's more. <laughs> Many will witness you're being rescued. I don't know if some have been in a state of addiction or not, but when you get out of it, others notice. Yes. That's an example. For example, say God pulls you through an addiction, others see it, and then you will be a witness to others. And you will be a testimony that encourages others to trust in the Lord. We know this because the rest of verse 3 says, Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. So if you're in a situation that causes you great despair and anxiety, have faith that God knows what you're going through. Yes. He's not ignoring you. Wait patiently with great expectation that the Lord will help you in his own time. He'll not only lift you up out of your state of despair, he will put you on solid ground and he will steady your feet and he'll give you a renewed spirit and those around you will see it and that will be a testimony to our amazing God and bring them along. And we talked about discipleship. That's one way of discipling, is by example. Oh yeah, example, example, example. So unlike a race in sports where you run on your own strength, we have a God that helps us get through our race toward Him. So as I said earlier, unlike the sport of racing, we're not competing against each other. We each have our own course to run on. We're in a lifelong race about our transformation. As it says in Romans 12, 2 again, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And third, we can't run this race without God's help. So do what David did. Wait patiently for God to help you. Get back on solid ground. And God will study your feet. And you can run this Christian race that way. And God will give us a new spirit to sing praises to him. 
Whenever we have uh, Sunday morning service, we always want to give people the opportunity to receive Christ. To You may be here this morning and you may say, well, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. Or maybe you don't have a relationship with Him. And maybe today you would say, I want to, I want to refresh my, my start, my relationship with the Lord. I'd like for everyone to bow, bow their heads and close their eyes. And if that's you this morning, would you slip up your hand? There's no shame in that. I just want to leave you in a prayer. Thank you for that. Anybody else this morning? Okay. And maybe you're watching online. Uh, maybe that would be your heart. And if you would just pray this prayer to say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I thank you that today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning. And so I give my life to you. And I ask you to help me to yield to you today from this day forward. And as Sal read today that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. You do this work in my life. And I receive you today. In Jesus' name. I want to pray one more prayer for you that prayed that prayer. Lord, I pray for the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit to wash over everyone that prayed that prayer. And as they read your word, it comes alive in their heart and their spirit. And as they spend time in prayer, they're able to discern your small, still voice speaking to their hearts. And most importantly, you open their hearts to receive everything that you have for them. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to make a, a couple of comments. Uh, again, very good teaching out. Great job. You know, yes. One of the things Al said that is that a Christian can't be possessed, but a Christian can't be oppressed. And they can open up doors where the enemy can come in. And we know that Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief has come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come, Jesus said, that you would have abundant life. And so as we go through this week, let's just... Be reflective of this message. This race that God has called us to is important for us, for our lives, and for the people that are following. There are people that you have influence over that are looking to you to lead. You may not even know that they're watching. But let's run this race, and let's run this race well. And let's just ask the Lord, is there any anything that I've opened up to, to destruction in my life? We have to be careful what we listen. Remember that, that children's song, be careful little ears what you hear. <laughs> and we have, so we have to be careful what we allow into our ear gates. We certainly have to be careful what we, what we watch. You know, if, if we're watching something that's not edifying, that's not glorifying God, then we're opening ourselves up to things that maybe are not healthy and good. Amen. So as we go through this week, let's just uh, be conscientious of that. How many of you are still reading a proverb a day? If you're not, you can jump in. Today's the 30th. And uh, so every day we're reading a proverb throughout this year. So if it's the fifth of the month, read Proverbs 5. 
And so what I've been doing the past few weeks on Sunday is I've been reading a proverb. So I want to read Proverbs 30, verse 5. It says, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. There's a lot of wealth and, and nuggets in the Proverbs. So that's why we're reading through them uh, every day for the entire year.